Welcome to this week's episode of Top Lines and Tales, your weekly livestock podcast. And as always, we'd like to thank our, our sponsors, Harbro, for their continued support. Um, so we're going to profile the Scottish beef event. It'll be the first one to be held since the COVID pandemic. And it's going to be in Dumfrieshire on the Dal Swinton estate, a large estate there owned by Peter Langdale. And I'm very fortunate to have Peter on the phone having a chat to us this morning. And Peter, um, a 5,000 acre estate, I believe, and that's been in the family for quite a while. That's correct. We've just over 100 years. My great-grandfather bought it in 1919, having made his fortune in the Far East, um, and uh, then came back in 1919 after the First World War and bought, bought the estate. Um, and we're very lucky. It's a lovely place. And well, I've I've had a look at your website there, which I'll I'll make sure that our, our listeners get to see your website. An excellent website, I have to say, and it gives a little bit of information about uh, what you do on the estate, which seems to be quite a lot. I have to say, you must be a busy guy doing all those things. But uh, we're, we're focusing at the moment, anyway, on on your suckler herd, which uh, is going to be sort of prominent at the front end of the Scottish beef event. Yeah, was, uh, and I I think uh, the land itself lends itself to to. A big beef operation. It, we go from the river where um, we have some very fertile arable land, um, which we also grow silage on, and then we go into some permanent, nice permanent pasture. And then as we go further and further up to the side of the River Nith catchment, we end up on hill ground. So we're farming about 2,200 acres, something in that range, and uh, we, we're utilising it largely with beef, but we also have bed and breakfast sheep that come on as well. <laughs> yes, they're always handy, those things, especially on the lower ground. And and we, we focus on the sucklers, <clears throat> I think, as I said, 550 sucklers, farm manager that runs that, that side of it, I think, but you're, you're, they're mainly native bred cows, I think, Angus and, and Lings, I believe, and a bit of short horns, so and native, native bred um, females. Yeah, so we, we, if you start at the sort of on the hill ground, we have, we have 60 lings up there, and then and and a few blue greys, uh, which we we like, um, but the lings have got a really good temperament, and then we put them across the short horn, and that gives us um, a nice cow, which then is put across an Angus, um, and that Angus short horn mix is really what I would call the Dalswinton cow. It's a, it's a nice, it's quite. We keep it quite small. It's very wet in Dumfrieshire, and the ground can become very poachy. So anything too big is a problem. And then um, we finish with a Charolais. So the Charolais goes over that Angus Shorthorn, and that gives us our, our uh, final uh, stock, which is you know quite what's consistent in size and grows pretty well. And also we've managed to carve quite well as well. So. It's good and a good temperament. We really like a good temperament. Okay, but the cows I gather from that, then you you do run a self-replacing herd, then so you're you're mixing these up all the time. It can be a bit complicated. Yeah, we we are. Yep. No, it can be complicated. Every now and again, we have a rush of blood to the head and put a bit of cemental in, which we've got at the moment, okay. and then things get a bit big. And but so we we. It's good though. We we end up with a, a nice product at the end. And, and at the Scottish Beef Event, and I should announce it actually is on uh, Tuesday the sixth of June. Um, it, it's, uh, will the animals be there on show? Will there be sort of um, all the animals penned up for people to see or wander around the fields? I guess that's time of year. We can't take everyone around everything. We we actually the first time the Scottish Beef Association with Scott Henderson came here, we we had an idea where we were going to go and. Three hours later, we ended up back at the steading, so we decided that was too far. Um, so we're doing a we're doing a shortened farm tour 
um, and but there will be different mobs of cattle in each field that people go through and then the breed societies will be at a, a farm which is quite close but not where the main event is so people will get a feel for how the whole, whole farm works okay that sounds brilliant and, and uh, just going back to those cattle a little bit you say you use the charolais bull as a finisher so do you put these away at stores or do you finish any of the cattle yourself um we don't at the moment finish any of the cattle ourselves i think it's a key question for us going forward uh, so we put them away at between we hope to get them away between 10 and 12 months and we hope to get the steers away at um, over 400 kilos and the heifers away at over 375 is, is what we're aiming for so, Do they go into a local sale or an on-farm sale or do you have people come, come and buy them privately? Um, we, we, at the moment we've been selling a lot through Sterling um, and then we have a couple of private purchases as well um, so I think a key for us, Andy, is as we as we enter this change um, in in subsidy and what's going on, how we marketing our cattle is really a key question for the business. And so if we're doing all a lot of work, which we are on our carbon sequestration position and also the biodiversity position and how how all of that is playing out. How do we then turn that into value? And that's very difficult if you're selling store through the market. Okay. So that is a key question we've got to try and answer. And not just yourself, a lot of other people as well, which is why these events are so useful, because everybody gets a little bit of an input into this, and we all learn and take something from it. And If I go on to the, the climate change side of it and a lot of focus has obviously been putting on that now recently and i'm assuming well i know the, the beef event is taking is taking a, a good deep look at the at the whole um the farmer's responsibility i suppose within that space and that's something you've taken very seriously yourself yeah i think as a as a one as a beef farmer and then two as a reasonable sized landowner we have to look at it very carefully and i i do actually think in our lifetimes or my lifetimes um we we have seen a big change in the way in which land has been used and there is undoubtedly biodiversity lost and a lot of that has been driven by subsidy so we've been farming ground um pretty intensely that has been taken out of um, probably quite good biodiversity 40 years ago um and has been put down into agricultural ground agriculture absolutely is key to this estate and is key to a lot of land so we've we've taken a look at it I haven't got the answers um but i'm i'm pretty sure that that in order for us to have a sustainable business in the future we've got to improve what we're doing currently okay okay and much of the analysis of course have been is being put onto the carbon footprint of the suckler cow which you're you're key to there and that'll be highlighted i guess and i suppose that is versus trees because we're seeing trees coming in now um supposedly coming in there as, as better carbon producers and uh, do you have a <laughs> either side of the fence uh, argument for for uh, suckler cow versus trees so I, th I think trees is too simplistic an approach. So I think everybody who wants to put uh, land into trees uh, could be creating an equally big mistake. And I, and it all depends what trees and where they're going. But there's plenty of land that should be back to meadow. Um, there's plenty of permanent pasture, which should be back to permanent pasture and not be ploughed up. Um, some of that permanent pasture is excellent uh, ground and there's no reason why that can't contain carbon. So I think we have this uh, 
one size fits all and it's very dangerous and what we have to do is try and understand what fits our system best and then from that how are we improving our operations so that uh, we're doing a number of different things but our carbon sequestration is is reducing on the beef enterprise and our uh, biodiversity improvement is going up actually the more efficient you become uh, the better you become a carbon sequestration and biodiversity improvement. So th the whole thing is linked um, and it's trying to understand how that works is, is really important. So we could easily on the estate turn around and say um, we are a uh, net contributor to um, reducing carbon. So we just all we have to do is lump in our forestry, and that that would be a mistake because that's been there forever. So the question is, how are we improving our suckler herd? And that's a much more difficult question to answer. And and we've got to do it if we're going to remain relevant to the consumer. Okay, yeah, that's that's, that's wise words. And biodiversity, of course, covers a, a a massive subject. It isn't just you know animals and livestock, as you said. It's trees and flowers and and streams and and, and properties as well. You have a lot of properties on the estate there, and I think you sort of take it. You know, you, everything that works within your estate is taken into account for for the biodiversity uh, improvement. Yeah, and again, they all have their own challenges and and therefore opportunities. So um, the village itself is a common contributor because they're not very well insulated and they're old listed properties. So we have to take a long, hard look at those. And it's exactly the same thing. What are, what are we actually doing to improve those? And actually, should we be improving those? I don't, should we or should we just take it that those properties aren't great? There's no way you should knock them down. They've a complete madness to knock them down. Um, they're listed and they're very beautiful. Um, so, what it is that we should be doing is 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 more difficult to answer. Okay, and and I note that you have wind farms there as well. Something that's been in for probably twenty years or so now. There and uh, it, the wind farm is, is that is that one part of the answer? <laughs> so, uh, wind farms, wind farms, massive generators of income for land. Um, they've it's been a great bonus for the estate. Um, I don't think their biodiversity track record's very good, so that's across the piece. So the renewable industry has to do a, a lot of work on improving its track record on biodiversity. In terms of reducing carbon, they've done a great job, obviously. But um, but in terms of biodiversity, there's there's definitely work to be done there. So we've been lucky. We got they came in. Um, well, we actually started the process way back in 1997, and the first electricity was generated in 2008. Um, so, that, and that's been very helpful to the estate. Okay, and and also on the estate, you have a, a wedding venue. You said you've got businesses on there. I think you've even got a distillery on there somewhere, or certainly a, sort of part of the whiskey. And that's reused a lot of the old buildings there, been reused for 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 a, a more modern cause. Yeah, indeed. I, th I think that is interesting. I I think. Well, there are a lot of farm buildings dotted all over the countryside, and a lot of those farm buildings have got uses. And uh, you have to work hard at understanding what those uses are. And then, and I hope a lot of people come on the 6th of June, you also have to work hard at creating an environment which people are happy to come into so that uh, the whiskies are very good. It's not a distillery. It's actually a bottling business. And there's a, a couple of young guys who approached this just before the pandemic 
and they've done a terrific job and they've created a, um, a business out of there. They worked incredibly hard through the pandemic on Zoom calls, attracting people to come and buy their product. And as a result, we've got a thriving business there, which has done really well. And, and we've got other businesses. Uh, we've actually got a McCormack tractor engineering business, which has done, he's done brilliantly. So working with these guys to try and uh, improve the diversity of the estate is definitely something that we need to work at as agriculture goes through what I think is a seminal change at the moment. Absolutely right and I think you know, some of those things will be on offer and I mean it is a real community that you have there as Dal, Dal Swinton with as you said with the houses and the village and, and everything going on there and it's it's great to see that you're doing such a job. Uh, Peter I know you're a busy man um, we will look forward to seeing you on the, the, the Tuesday the 6th of June and uh, I'm hopefully going to have a chat with the chairman of the Scottish uh, Beef Association to uh, find out a little bit more about what goes on, what will be going on there at that Scottish Beef event. So um, um, Peter, thanks very much for taking the time to, to talk through that with me. Great, thanks Andy and I hope to see you at the event. Thank you Peter. So I've now got on the podcast Scott Henderson who's the chairman of the Scottish Beef event and uh, Scott, are you also chairman of the Scottish Beef Association? No, the, the chairman now is Jack Paul Ross, who comes from Orkney. Okay, but the Scottish Beef Association are the, the, the body that are sort of behind the Scottish Beef event, I guess. And what actually do they do at the Scottish Beef Association? We are lobbying on behalf of beef farmers, uh, beef, beef farming members, okay. uh, government, particularly Scottish government. And as I said, uh, they are behind the Scottish Beef event, but you're the chairman of, of this event, the first one, I think, since uh, since COVID. Darren. Is there quite a crowd of you organising this event, or is it just a small core? Uh, well, it was challenging because we started in 2020. Right. Uh, the, get, getting the venue was almost was almost the same day as the uh, COVID lockdown started, so we couldn't have timed it worse oh dear. or okay. better. I don't know what you want to do it. I mean... Uh, I have uh, great praise for uh, uh, Peter Landale because he, he was in at the start. He's never faltered. No, I mean, he's, he's, he's stuck with us. I mean, we've had uh, two or three false starts before finally felt confident enough to go ahead and plan it for for just over a month's time. Okay, and I suppose that uh, probably did give you a little bit more chance to to work a few things out. Maybe you had a couple of with the false starts there. And, and uh, normally the Scottish Beef event, is that an annual event every year or every couple? No, it rotates biannually with the uh, Scott Sheep. With Scott Sheep, okay, fair enough. So there's a sheep event one year run by the Scottish Committee, the NSA, and then we, we were falling into the, the year in between. Okay, and the, are these and uh, these events are very specialist, aren't they, compared to just a day out at the Highland Show or or, uh, or Dumfries Show, what have you? These are actually specialist events, not just aimed at people coming of a day out there. It's it's uh, it's a lot more than that, isn't it? No, no, it's very very much uh, aimed at beef producers, mm-hmm. um, and uh, very much so. Particularly this year, I mean, we're, we're, uh, we have a, a a very gentle rollout of what. Uh, Support's going to be like going forward, um, and we're trying to pe- focus people's minds on things that they could do, which would help uh, their businesses going forward. 
for sure. And I, I spoke about this uh, with Peter Langdale um, earlier at Del, Del Swinton there, which is a huge estate and obviously a lot of things going on. But I mean, it's the he talked about the sort of farmer's responsibility for for um, the biodiversity and looking after the you know, looking after the countryside is you know, very much a, a sort of role they've got to take on. Is this something you still need to educate a lot of people with, or do you think most beef farmers oh. are sort of on board with that? Now? Very much a work in progress. I mean, don't get me wrong, there are people who are, um, are taking this already to hand and it's, it's what they've been striving for over the last few years. But now we need to bring the vast majority of beef producers forward uh, and take all this into account. I mean, if we're going to reduce our carbon footprint as beef producers, um, what one or two producers do uh, is not going to help the country it may well help their businesses, um, sure. but it, I think I think our, our aim of this event is is, is to show show producers that uh, in taking on board sustainability and carbon reduction, uh, it's also going to reduce your costs. Yeah, okay. Make your business more efficient and uh, drive the industry forward, and that's very much our theme for this event. Is, is, uh, Come, come along, see what's available, and uh, see what would suit your business. Certainly, that's what Peter said. I think by being more efficient, um, you, you naturally will reduce your carbon footprint as well. So it's a it's a win win. And uh, uh, Peter said sort of what went went on there at Dale Swinton. But what can people expect to see when they when they come to this event? There, there's you know there's quite a few things going on there as well as just walking around and kicking the tires on trade stands, isn't it? Oh, very much so. I mean, we've we've, we've very much centred on carbon reduction, um, okay. and there's there are many. There's going to be many different ways. Well, there are many different ways in which beef producers uh, can uh, embrace this and drive their businesses forward, okay. reducing their costs, making them more efficient, and ticking a lot of boxes that. Uh, Scottish government would love to see agriculture doing. I I know there's been a schedule put out for the event, but if you could just run that through me again, roughly, there's going to be seminars. Who do we have speaking speaking to to the the farmers here? Who are the the, the high profile people that are, that are going to be uh, discussing this? Well, we we we've three thought leadership um, seminars. The first one is directed at policy and finance and. Uh, Carbon reduction, yeah. and it's more from a, a government banker, um, um, scientist point of view. And then, as each the second podcast follows a, a slightly different line, uh, but, but more practical, probably. Mm-hmm. And then the third one, it's a group of three farmers from different parts of Scotland who are already embracing the technology and what they have done in the last few years in their business to make to, businesses to make them more sustainable. Okay, so we're learning from their experience and that, yeah, that's obviously the, the best way to learn, isn't it? And they also get a chance to have a bill around the farm, I think, don't they? I think Peter was saying there's a farm tour, oh, farm well, tours well, going on. Always the centre centre point of uh, these on-farm events is the farm tour mm-hmm. and showing, uh, you know, it's, a, it's an opportunity not for you to show your uh, your business off, but it's it's an opportunity for 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 farmers to be seeing what other it's what it's like on the other side of things. Sure, sure. Um, and it's you, I always find anyway that you always learn something, mm-hmm. even if it's not it's how not to do something rather than how to do it. <laughs> so, 
what suits one doesn't suit everyone. No, no. Uh, and there's there's a variety of things going on. Um, unfortunately, the, the the late spring is hasn't helped our um, grassland and uh, and crop uh, demonstrations because they've only they're only just through the ground now. So in another month's time, there's not going to be a lot to see. Sure, sure. But we've we've taken measures in hand, and we're going to bring a bring out a podcast later in the summer when we've got more for people to see and, and results to, to give them to you. Excellent. And mm-hmm. and how do, I, I know, that, I mean, again, this poster's out there where this event is, but how do people go about getting tickets? Is there is there a limit on tickets? Can they turn up on the day and, and, and pick up tickets, there, or do people got to buy online? Uh, there's no limit on tickets. Right. Tickets are available online, uh, and uh, they can be bought uh, on the day of the event. Okay. But there's a discount for tickets bought uh before week before the event, sure. Okay, that, that's worth having as well for you listeners out there. Worth getting your tickets online, and then you can turn up and walk straight in as well instead of having to stand in the kiosk. So that's always useful. And well, yeah, well, we we try and make it that there's. You do your best to try and make sure there's not a queue. I mean, we do. We're, we're not. We do not take the money till people get their cars parked, and it, it's on, it's while on their way into the event uh, that they either have to display their ticket. Mm-hmm. Uh, or uh, purchase one. Okay, and I believe that the, the the tray stands seem to be split into various places. I didn't quite get an understanding of the layout. I was supposed to be at the meeting that you had a couple of weeks ago with regarding yeah, the press. Yeah, well, there's different uh, staring complexes, um, and uh, the one where most of the cows are wintered is uh, where we're having the display by the. Um, Beef cattle societies, uh, and that's two or three fields away from where the the main display field is, and it's next to a setting that has um, uh, that's going to have all the indoor stands in it. Okay, okay, and I, 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 this podcast is sponsored by Harbro, and uh, I know Harbro will be there in amongst the, where those breed stands are. There, so make sure you drop in oh, and see indeed, and, and talking of sponsors, I know Harbro are adding some sponsorship to the event there. But you've got one or two main sponsors there that uh, make this thing tick and you make this thing happen. Yeah, well, we're, we're very, very grateful to the uh, Virgin Money because uh, they have they have supported all the beef events we've had. Um, and uh, they seem to be undeterred, uh, and I think they're making good use of it to hit, try and help move their businesses along, their business along, and get people in line. Because uh, that's one of the main changes that's, that's coming, going to come about uh, in, in banking regulation. There'll be conditions attached to uh, lending money which haven't been attached before. Uh, and you'll have to show you're you're doing something sustainable, as I understand it, uh, for uh, funds for any expansion okay. uh, to be available at all. That's very interesting. I wasn't aware of that. So you're saying that lending in the future could be based on the fact whether people are trying hard to reduce the carbon footprint and, and, and biodiversity. Yeah, well, that's that's very much what's being looked at. And it's not that it's not this is not a virgin money exclusive here. This is it seems to be. Uh, very much into the forefront in, in all banking thinking at the moment. I mean, I think uh, from what I hear here, it's, it could be a, a treasury insistence. Okay. So it goes, goes as high as that. Up to the top. Um, right to the top. Okay. And with regards to sponsors I mentioned there, have you got a few more main sponsors we should give a shout out to there? I think you have yeah, a, well, got a well, list of them. The other main sponsors we have is 
it's the first time we've we've had the benefit of uh, their sponsorship, and that's NFU Mutual. Okay. okay. And uh, they're they're very much sponsoring the farm too. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're keen to be involved with that. Uh, and of course, the NFU Mutual is pretty big in agricultural insurance. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's not there's not many people certainly in this area anyway that. Uh, if they're not using them, they certainly will have heard of them. Sure, sure, yeah, definitely one of the well-known ones there. And it's it's men like yourself and your committee that go out and get this sponsorship. It's the unsung, I've been on committees myself, and it's the, one of the hardest jobs is going knocking on doors and getting sponsors in all the time because they've got requirements on their money everywhere and, and, and somewhere. But you believe, obviously, they must have come in believing they're going to they're gonna hit their target. Well, I certainly hope so. I mean, we like to think they're going to get value for money and, and uh from the sponsorship, so uh, we're, we've welcomed them all with open arms, and we've been very fortunate in the amount of sponsors, sponsors we've been able to uh, to attract to the event. Brilliant. Well, it's, it's great work and great work by yourself. I know these jobs aren't uh, aren't easy when you're trying to organise these events, especially when you said with uh, issues like COVID and the, and the late spring and everything coming along. And that's a credit to all of you to get in this event off the ground there, Scott. And, and um, just remind us, we're going to remind ourselves, I suppose, that it's on Tuesday the 6th of June at uh, Dal Swinton Estate, and there'll be plenty of parking and fairly easy access and well signposted to people get yourselves down Yeah, there. well, that's, that's one of the things when we're looking for a, a, an event. It's very important about access that you're not going to cause a huge headache mm-hmm. um, for the traffic and for the police, and police were very happy with our arrangements. Um, so... Fingers crossed, it'll it'll go swimmingly, and it'll be a day like today with beautiful sunshine for people to come out and have a have a nosy round. Indeed, indeed, the weather plays a big part on these things. But I think in an event like this, it isn't about the weather; it's about people, the farmers coming along. Hey, when it's raining, they go; they can go out because they're not working at home. So that sometimes plays in your favour too. Well, that, that's it, and particularly for the livestock business, it's the, uh, spring is a very crucial time and a very busy time. Mm-hmm. And I, everybody's ready for a, a day out and. Uh, uh, just to see whatever, see if they, uh, there actually are other farmers out there. Sure, sure. No, it is brilliant, and we've started the Royal Show season uh, um, just last week. So with with the start of the show season and people getting their livestock out there, but that's a slightly different. As we said, this one's more specialist, and it's aimed at those uh, aimed at those beef farmers wanting to uh, to see an improvement and, and and catch up with the latest legislation. So, uh, Scott, I really thank you for your time chatting away to us just now, and uh, you, you listeners out there, hope you could get yourself down there and, and ha- everybody have a great. Day. Well, I'm certainly going anyway. We'd be, <laughs> uh, I hope, hope lots more people will come along and uh, hopefully we think it'll be an absolutely fantastic day. Brilliant, brilliant. Scott, thank you very much for your time. Okay, All right. bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Top Lines and Tales. And as always, we'd like to thank our sponsors, Harbro. And if you are going to the Scottish Beef event, please get yourself down there and uh, make yourself known to uh, lovely people on the Harbro trade stand there and tell them how much you enjoy Top Lines and Tales and how much we greatly value their continued support with this podcast. For more information on Harbro, uh, please look them up on the internet. And likewise, for more information on the Scottish Beef event, please gather some more of that from the internet as well. And don't forget, of course, to have a look at our Facebook page where you'll find more information and we'll certainly be plugging this event.